0: Father, this evening once again we have gathered, Lord, in your name for your glory, for your will, to fulfill your purpose in our lives in thy kingdom. Your word says, it's the entrance of your word that brings light. We need light to walk. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but not a dot from your word. So we have come to that one unchanging thing in our life, Lord, the word of God, so that you could change us through the power of your Holy Spirit, each one of us, according to your word, daily, constantly, that we are truly transformed to the image of your Son, the unchanging living Word. So even tonight, teach us. Even tonight, speak to us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We look first to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Chapter 4 and verse 18, I would like somebody to read from, uh, I will read from NIV, somebody can read from KJV and KJV quickly.
1: The, yeah. the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are
0: oppressed, to proclaim yeah. the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, this is Jesus. Okay, listen carefully. This is first ministerial statement that he is making. The first statement that he is making, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. If you look at KJV and KJV, I think, uh, different, it will use know no, but it will use the term liberty. liberty. Okay, there are other versions like uh, NIV and ASV, if right, uses the term freedom. Some versions will use the term freedom, some versions will use the term liberty. And we will see this being interchangeably used. But the meaning is not the same. It is not the same. Okay, it is not the same. So, depending upon the translation or the translators, they use either the term liberty or they use the term freedom. Now, I mentioned about this person many years, many weeks ago in church. Viktor Frankl. He was somebody who survived the Holocaust. That means uh, Nazi Germany's concentration camp in his uh, book called Man's Search for Meaning, one of the things he said is, everything can be taken away from a man. What One thing, the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's own attitude about your circumstances. Everything can be taken away. But one thing cannot be taken away is, how are you going to react to it? That's the last of the human freedoms. Okay? Meaning, your freedom to act in a certain way can be taken away. But your attitude about your situation cannot. Therefore, what freedom means, it is more an internal construct. It is something that is internal freedom. While liberty is primarily an external construct. You getting it? Liberty is something outside. And freedom is something inside. Okay? Like, let's take for an example. In our country right now, what's happening? In Kashmir, the liberty, civil liberties of the people has been taken away. But not their freedom. The freedom how to react, how to think, no government can take away. Okay? So there is this difference between freedom and liberty. Okay, and sometimes what happens is we make the same mistake that the people of Jesus' time made. They mistook freedom for liberty. When they heard him come and preach about the kingdom, they thought what he was going to throw is overthrow the Roman regime and give them that liberty. But here, scripture is talking something else completely different. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me for what? To set us free, free inside. So the state makes laws, countries make laws, to protect our liberty. Okay, protect. And the the greatest experiment of all this is the, the... You see, if you look at the French Revolution and the American Revolution... Both of them had only a difference of 10 to 15 years gap, if you will, roughly. But these two revolutions went in completely off different tangents. One entered in execution and murder of so many people. The other was the protection of civil liberties. Okay, civil liberties. And America is the experiment of how far you can push your civil liberties. Okay, let me try to explain to you, civil liberties can be positive and negative. Like one of the civil liberties, which we don't actually have in practice in India, but you have in America, is what is called freedom of speech. It's a civil liberty. But freedom of speech can be positive, it can be negative. It can be negative. Okay, it can be positive or negative. Like, you know, let us say Johan is sitting right in front of me. Johan has the freedom, he's in US. Okay, he has the freedom of speech. But he's sitting in a theater with a thousand people and watching a movie. Suddenly, he jumps up and screams, fire, fire. What happens? There is panic, there is stampede, and three people die. He'll be charged for murder because he used a civil liberty in the wrong way. Okay? Civil liberty in the wrong way. So, I want you to get this difference between freedom and liberty. Okay, because sometimes we are, we are looking at the gospel primarily for liberty without realizing that the gospel first brings freedom. And out of that freedom, we should exercise liberty. Otherwise, you can have all the liberty you want and be an absolute slave. Okay. Joseph was a free man in Egypt, though almost all his liberties were severely constrained. Okay? He was a free man in Egypt. While his civil liberties were taken away, as soon as he was sold as a slave, his liberties were taken away. But he was a free man inside. That was something that nobody could take away. He could only give it away. How am I going to react to my circumstances? How am I going to react to my situation? I have been sold by my brothers. I have been bought as a slave. I, the favorite son of my rich father, is now a slave in a general's house. His liberty has been taken away, but his freedom was not taken away. He only could give it away. When Paul and Silas were falsely accused, flogged, and thrown into prison, their civil liberties were taken away but not their freedom, how to react. And they exercised their freedom as free men in the Lord and chose to praise and worship God. Okay? And the result of it is, we all know it so well, was a baptism service, prisoners getting free and all. But you know, the next day when the authorities came to set them free, they exercised their civil liberty. They said we are Roman citizens. And when they heard the leadership of the town panicked, Because you cannot flog and imprison a Roman citizen. And they came and humbled and escorted them out of the city and said, please go. But they did not exercise their civil liberty first. They exercised their freedom first. Okay, exercised. Okay, so that is what you will see with Paul and um, the apostles. They will always exercise their freedom. And then in certain cases, they will exercise their liberty. And he will say, I am a Roman citizen. I appeal to Caesar. But these are things which we know to because Don't mistake one for the other.
1: Now the kingdom of
0: God right now in this age is talking about freedom, and the kingdom of God in terms of freedom is internal and is spoken to us as the kingdom of God is what, righteousness, peace, peace and joy. This is internal. This is internal. That is the internal. That is our freedom. Okay. While when Jesus comes back, the righteous will have absolute liberty, not the unrighteous. Okay. And the righteous will enjoy the liberty which he offers. Okay. There will be no constraint of liberty for the righteous. But right now, please remember we, what we experience is freedom and we are waiting for liberty, liberty. The waiting for liberty. The book of Romans talks about it like this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 to 21 how the whole of creation, okay, this is how it says, yeah, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. The whole of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Why? For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who is subjected It in hope that creation itself will be what? Released or liberated from its bondage to decay, corruption, and brought into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. The whole creation. They see our freedom now. And creation cannot experience that freedom. And they know we will have liberty one day. The whole of creation is groaning to experience that freedom which only sons of God have. God's children who are born by the word and by the spirit experience that freedom. And the whole of creation is waiting for that. So there are freedoms that salvation brings. In John chapter 8 and verse 32, Jesus said, right, about those who obey and walk with him. This is what he said in 8 and verse 32. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teaching, you really are my disciples. That is verse 31. Then you will know the truth. And what does the truth give you? It gives you freedom. freedom. And this is internal. Yes. It's internal. The truth sets you free inside. In verse 36, this is what Jesus said. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Okay, It's not talking about liberty. It's talking about freedom. Okay so please remember this is Jesus' mission statement when he begins his ministry the spirit of the Lord has anointed me for what to set the captives free freedom but the problem is like I said they looked for what they looked for liberty and therefore they got very disappointed because not one was set free from Roman occupation not one was set free from Roman occupation nobody Instead. He himself was arrested, flogged, and crucified by Rome. The maximum punishment under the Roman law that is given to rebels, to the Roman government. And you can absolutely feel the sinking feeling in the hearts of the disciples who were looking for liberty and see their savior being flogged and crucified and killed. So they mistook one for the other. Freedom for liberty. What I am saying is all around the world, the liberty of God's people is being taken away one by one, one by one, one by... Everywhere it's being taken away. And when it is taken away, we should not react like the first century, first disciples before Pentecost. We shouldn't lose our hope because don't confuse liberty with freedom. Yet... When it comes to freedom, Jesus promises absolute freedom. According to the will of God, in the times we live, any time you live, he promises freedom. Because he says, the truth sets you free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So tonight we will only look at one freedom. Okay, Only one freedom. You want to look at one freedom. And we are not even looking at that freedom. We are actually like, you know, how do you know you have, if, let's say you have fever. How do you know you have, your medicine is working? The fever is gone, right? The temperature is gone, that's how. So we will look at the result of freedom, so that you will know you are free, or we know we are free, okay? So we look at only one freedom, not so much the freedom, but our response to it, how we live it out. So we will read. Eight verses from Romans eight thirty-one to thirty-nine. Romans eight verse thirty-one to thirty-nine. Yeah, can we read? What in it, yeah. What
1: then shall we say of these things? If God
0: is for us, who can be against us? That's our first freedom. Okay, second one, verse thirty-two. He who did not spare his own son, but gave it up for us all. How will he not also with him freely, graciously,
1: give us all things? Second freedom. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is here to condemn. Christ uh, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he, he was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Third freedom. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine... Or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us.
0: That's the fourth freedom. There are four freedom. The, the, the continuation is of that itself. Okay, we are not looking at that. So in eight thirty one, when Scripture says, "If God is for us, who can be against us?" It is the first freedom God gives His children. You can be free from fear. Fear is one of the primary weapons of the enemy. Fear, intimidation. Freedom from fear. Verse 32 says, If God gave his only begotten son for us, how much more graciously he will give us all things. is the second freedom for God's people. Freedom from lack. Freedom from lack. To fulfill his purpose in this life, freedom from lack. Third freedom, which he talks about, it is that who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? Who is he that condemns? Third freedom is freedom from condemnation. Remember, these are all freedom because people live under condemnation. And the third freedom God gives you is freedom from condemnation. And the fourth one is who can separate us from God's love. Fourth freedom is freedom from rejection. Four fundamental freedoms in this world Five verses, which is a right, bill of rights of God's children. Bill of rights of God's children. And that's how you walk in freedom. And the first one, we'll only look at the first one, that is freedom from fear. From the day Adam and Eve sinned, the entire human race is caught in fear. Because immediately it says they were afraid. When he heard the footsteps of the Lord, he panicked. He feared. Adam feared. And when God confronted him, one of the things he says is that, I was afraid. I was afraid. Okay? Fear came in. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, tells what Jesus did. Okay? Please don't underestimate the power of fear. It is because of fear people do a lot of stuff two verse fourteen and fifteen.
1: Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery.
0: Ah see, it was not death, it was more than death, it was the fear of death. He held people in slavery, fear of death. There's a saying in English, a coward dies a thousand times before he really dies. You only die once, but a coward dies a thousand. People do all kinds of crazy things, unbelievable things because of fear. You know, because of fear of being exposed and losing his name, you know, the way David went down. You see through the Bible what Abraham did and all this Isaac did and Jacob did. Everybody, it was fear. And every fear is actually connected to death. Death of something. Death of a name, death of a reputation, death of prosperity, death of health, death. Ultimately, it all leads to death. People do crazy stuff. Even young people sitting here will do crazy stuff because of fear. And he holds people in bondage. Through the fear of death, fear of death. Lot of young people, you know, as they grow older and older, not young people, as they get older and older, out of panic, they marry the first one who comes. They panic. It's fear, it's always fear. They always fear. Or you no, know, you are you're really qualified and you're really good in something, but in panic, you take the first job that comes. And you're so insecure, you know you're a misfit here, you're miserable here, but you're so afraid you will never leave that job. You'll hold on to it for the rest of your life because it's fear that is dominating you. We're not finding our security in God, we're finding our security in our fears. Ones of fear. See, you need to understand This is what controls mankind, and everything mankind does is intimidation. Uh, Let me ask you this question. What are the pictures we get out of Kashmir? Nothing, except one set of pictures. Soldiers, barbed wire, APCs, all around. It's a picture of intimidation. What is the picture you saw in Hong Kong? Other than the crowds, because Hong Kong is free, what are the pictures that came from mainland China? Just 10 kilometers from the Hong Kong Bridge. On the other side of the bridge is a huge football stadium full of armored personnel carriers saying that in 15 minutes we can. And they sent a video showing how the troops will come and with their guns and how they will suppress mobs. What is it all got to do? It's all got to do with intimidation. Intimidation. Governments, powers of darkness, all intimidate to create fear. So that out of fear, we will... We are slaves to fear and we make decisions always. And one of the first thing God does is to release us from that fear. And the statement he makes is if God is for you, who can be against you? And remember in that incredible list given in Revelation 21 verse 8, all those people who will be outside the kingdom of God, it is not the abominable sins which are mentioned first like murder and adultery and witchcraft. The first thing mentioned is fearful. The fearful. It is the fearful. okay? The fearful who are mentioned first, who will not enter into the kingdom of God. And if you look at um, Luke chapter 21, in, when Jesus gives you all the things that are happening in the last days before his second coming, in verse 26, something is mentioned. Yeah, quickly. People fainting with fear. People fainting with fear. Come upon. When you hear all this thing, all every day every forward is fearful. So you will see two things Jesus is saying in that same passage, in the next two verses. He will say, People fainting in fear, cripple, literally dying of heart attacks of fear. While on the other side he tells his people who know exactly what freedom is, lift up your head for your redemption is near. He will see, right, that's a 28, right? 28, yeah, 28, 29. He will say, you guys, because you are free inside, when you see all these things happening, you are not afraid. You are not afraid at all, because you are already free inside. So when you see these things, you are lifting your heads up. Why? Because you know your liberty is near. You are already free inside. You are waiting for liberty. And you see all these things, and you realize your liberty is very, 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 very close. Very, very close. So, he says how people will react. And that's how we look at it. One is external. The other is internal. So, if we are given liberty without freedom. Liberty without given the freedom from the power of sin. We will become slaves of sin. That's what has happened in the free nations. So-called free nations. You see the most... Terrible abomination in public all comes from these nations because they have been given liberty without freedom. Because that freedom only God can give. Okay? But it, it doesn't matter if you are not free inside the way God has given. Even if you are, your liberties are constrained, you're still a slave to sin inside. Like you take an example for Saudi. There's no liberty to do anything which you can do in the US. But there are still slaves inside. Okay, so you need to understand God is not talking about liberty first; He's talking about freedom first. Therefore, the kingdom of God is primarily first about freedom. Like we said, freedom begins with what? Righteousness. Freedom begins with righteousness. Okay, righteousness, joy and joy and peace are effects of righteousness. Joy and peace are effects of righteousness. That's why when you fall outside righteousness, the first thing you lose your joy and you lose your peace. Those are the markers. So that you repent and come back into your righteousness so the joy and the peace can be restored. Joy, righteousness. And there is only one righteousness which God accepts. We know it very well. Let me read it for you from Romans chapter 3 verse 21 and 22. Okay? Let me read it from the simpler version. Now a righteousness from God. A apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, and there is no difference. It's only one righteousness God accepts. What is that? By faith in what Jesus did, in the work of Jesus Christ. It has got nothing to do with man's work. It is entirely got to do with God's work. And there is a righteousness and from the beginning till the end, that is the only thing God accepts. And uh, Psalm seven and verse eleven. But, uh, the the hmm? Psalm seven. seven, seven.
1: Yeah. God is a righteous judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day.
0: Ah. Okay. God is righteous. God is righteous and don't uh, construe scripture differently. God is mad at the wicked every day, at the unrighteous every day. So the first freedom I have is when you and I repent and I believe in Jesus Christ, when the righteousness of Jesus Christ is imputed in us, God is not mad at me anymore. Not mad at he's not angry at me anymore. So if God is for me, who can be against me? Are you getting the picture? The first thing is that the wrath of God has passed over me. He's not mad at me anymore. He's not angry with me anymore because I am hidden in Christ. I'm hidden in Christ. He's not. Now in his sight, when we are in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. By faith. Okay? We are the righteousness of God. So the first freedom we suddenly experience, I am free from the wrath of God. Because That's what Jesus said, you should worry. Don't worry about what people can do to your body. And after that, they can't do anything. Be scared of that one who can destroy your body and your soul. He says suddenly you realize you don't have to worry, I am free. Free from that fear because if God is for me, who can be against me? Why I am? Why do we have no fear? Not because of our works. Now let me tell you, all religions have works, and Christianity, which is not faith based, also has works. Okay, also has works. Like if you are a Muslim, you go to Mecca. But if you if Going to a place makes you righteous. Do you have to keep on going? That's what happened under the law. Every year there was a day of atonement. Every year the high priest went. But scripture says Jesus once and for all and after that he sat down. But scripture says in the Old Testament the high priest is always standing. Jesus sat down, work over. One time, it's over. Okay, so God says you can choose. You can choose the righteousness that comes from Christ or the righteousness that comes from by the law. And nobody is considered righteous by the law of any religion. Okay? So what happens is there is no fear anymore. There is this fear has gone. Now the first freedom God gives you is the freedom from fear. If God is for me, you personalize it. Okay? Don't make it us. Us is a doctrine. Me is personal. Jesus died is history. Jesus died for me is salvation. Okay? History doesn't save me. Okay? History doesn't save me. I learned from history, doesn't save you and me. So salvation is very personal. Jesus died for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? I am free. Now the question is, how do you know you're free? This is an internal thing, right? How do you know you are free? I am righteous. God is not angry with me anymore. Not only that, God is for me now because He's pleased with me. Why is he pleased with me? Because I am hidden in Christ. And Christ, God is always pleased with Christ. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So he is for me. Therefore, who can be against me? So, if I am free from fear, how do I know I am free from fear? Proverbs 28, verse 1. Yeah. Proverbs 28 and verse 1. Pastor Vijay will know Proverbs very well. He is Proverbs 1 to 31. (laughs) 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 What does it say? No, no. Yeah. (laughs) The righteous are? are Bold. Have you noticed a lion, even a lion cub, that fellow who can be kicked across the room, he also walks. (sighs) Have you seen? I mean, action geography or any the challenges. So, that fellow is a lion. It's in his DNA. It's in his DNA. He's bold. He doesn't even know that a big dog can kill him. But he will go against a tiger also. Because he is a lion. Scripture says somewhere here, the righteous, okay, righteous are bold as a lion. Meaning, you are fearless. Okay. It is not enough to be without fear. You also have to be bold. You are fearless. That's what God makes you with it. He makes you bold. He makes you fearless. This is one of the gifts God gives his children. You are bold. You are fearless. Okay? Usually what happens is the devil intimidates through all kinds of systems and circumstances. He does. What people do is that either, like we literally say in English, when I saw it, I froze. That's exactly what happens when the lion roars. You know, The deer is like caught in the headlights. It freezes. Okay? Freezes. Others just crumble. They just fold. Okay, so the title of today's message is Cold, Fold or Bold? Okay. You have to decide. When you face situations in your life, how do you react? Do you freeze? Or do you crumble? Or are you bold? This is something which we grow in. Something in which we grow in. And our, remember, the reason is our boldness comes because we have been set free from fear. Been set free from fear. We are not intimidated. Not only that, we know God is for us. And he makes this statement, if God is for you, who can be against you? In Matthew 11, verse 12, scripture talks about the kingdom of God. And I told you the kingdom of God is within righteousness, peace, joy. You know, how the kingdom of God advances. Yeah. From the day of John the Baptist until now. now, Yes. These violent men basically are bold men. Bold men. They are not physically violent. They are very bold men. The violent meaning bold men are taking hold of the kingdom and expanding the kingdom. They are not fearful. They are fearless. You look at Jesus, okay? When Jesus came, it is interesting. When Jesus came, he came two thousand years ago, and Daniel had seen the vision of different regimes. First, he sees Babylon with the head of gold. Then he sees Medo-Persia with silver. Then he sees uh, Greece in bronze, and then he sees Rome in iron. Then at the end, he sees iron and clay, meaning, in historically speaking, the most powerful ruthless regime ever witnessed, my man, was the Roman Empire. It was unbelievably strong, unbelievably ruthless. Nobody would dare to go against the Roman Empire and their legions would march in and take control. Anybody who tried to do anything against the Roman Empire, you're finished. And you need to realize even the demonic (laughs) took their name from the Roman Empire. When Jesus asked the demons, who are you? They said legion. (laughs) Is a legion. Even the demonic was like appropriating terms from the Roman Empire because that's how cruel they were and how strong. It was called Pax Romana which means the rule of Rome and nobody dared. And it was when it was the strongest and the most cruelest and the most darkest of the Jewish nation, Jesus came. He came. And how did he come? Born in a manger of a poor set of parents in Nazareth out of which nothing good comes. And here is a carpenter from Nazareth stepping in into the Roman Empire and he starts speaking. And when he starts speaking in John chapter 7 and verse 26, this is what they said. Yeah. And here he
1: is speaking openly oh. and they say nothing to him.
0: Oh. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is Yeah, Christ? that's a very distinct translation. KJV will say, Lo, he speaks boldly. Speaks boldly. They were shocked with the authority. Because normally, you know, normally you can't get a carpenter to come and preach boldly. You know, and especially he comes from some small, like, you know, Mancherial or somewhere he comes to Hyderabad, he will have no kind of confidence. This is from Nazareth, a carpenter's son comes and they are saying, lo what with how boldly he speaks. And he literally was. He looked in Pilate's eye and said, of course I am a king. Basically saying you are a slave. I am the king here. Okay. And he looked at the Pharisees and the Jewish leadership and the Jewish people and said, before Abraham was, I am. You know? Please don't confuse meekness with weakness. He was meek and he was incredibly bold. There was no fear, because he knew who he was, and he knew his father was for him. So, after Pentecost, once the Spirit came upon them, the church was never the same. Absolutely never the same. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, this is a description of the church from the mouth of the others. 4 and verse 13. they They saw, now when they saw what? The boldness. The boldness of Peter. And? No. That's the first thing that caught the eyes of the Pharisees. It's not their eloquence. It was not their sermon. They saw their boldness. These are people without fear. The people without fear. I still remember when I was uh, young, had just got saved, and I was in college, first year I think, I had gone for a the youth meeting, and I was at Antivandrum at the LMS Hall, and one of those missionaries... Uh, who used to fly in small planes from U.S. to Cuba and drop this, uh, what do you call that? Pamphlets, no, not pamphlets. We, Yeah, the tracks, no? But one day his plane crashed and he was arrested by the Cuban police. And they put him in prison. They tortured him. And, you uh, know, one of the times in winter, he said he was stripped and put in a hole in the freezing winter. Okay, and the whole night he was. In the morning, he said, when he was brought before the officer and uh, the officer was sitting at the table and he was shivering and uh, he had dark glasses on or oh, you know all these interrogators will put dark glasses so you don't see their eyes so he looked at him and his hands were on the table the officers and he said he asked him well how do you feel and he said he didn't know the answer that came from his mouth was that he said he looked at the officer and said You're warm outside, but you're cold inside. He said, I'm on fire inside, and I'm at cold outside. And he said he saw that man's finger shaking on the table because he knew. This is a man who does not know fear. Who does not know fear. Okay? Please remember, that's what freedom is, like the Holocaust survivor said. That is the last of the human freedom, which nobody can take away. You can only give it away. Can only give it away. How you're gonna respond to it? They can take all your liberties away. You can take all your liberties away, but they cannot take that freedom away unless you choose to give it away. So scripture says Jesus was bold, and here he says they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And let me tell you, there is a boldness in the world. We're not talking about that, it's a form of pride that comes from money. Or comes from power, or comes from knowledge. That's why the Bible talks about let a man who boasts let him not boast in these things. When their power is gone, their boldness is also gone. When their money is gone, like Jeffrey Epstein, you'll commit suicide. Okay. When your uh, knowledge does not work anymore, you panic. So this is not talking about that. Okay, we not talking about. And in it's, we have a term in English which is called Dutch courage. He's not talking about that. Okay, like army, okay, all armies you will see one of the things fighting soldiers are given free is liquor. Because that gives you a boldness. (laughs) Okay, okay. And lot of people have a boldness which is also connected with ignorance. Ignorance. And the devil has flooded the world with ignorance. It doesn't matter if you die now, you will come back as a lion. It's ignorance. Absolutely, there's no coming back. So ignorance will give you a boldness, boldness, which is not real. Okay, when See, that's what religions can do. When you are very religious, until Saul of Tarsus encountered Jesus, he was a very bold man. He was blameless according to the law. But when he encountered Jesus, he realized, Oh my gosh, this is where I am headed. I am headed straight to hell. All that boldness in the law went. And when he found Christ, it was a different boldness that came. Okay, the righteous are. So, remember the original um, fake news is from the devil. Okay, DNN, not CNN, devil's news network. Okay. (laughs) Our sole reason for our boldness is God alone and our knowledge of him. And as our knowledge of him increases, our boldness also should increase. Increase, okay? Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verses 11 to 12 ephesians chapter 3 verses 11 to 12 <clears throat> got it
1: yes yeah this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ jesus our lord in whom we have boldness in whom
0: we have boldness, boldness. boldness. our boldness is only in christ our bold, outside christ there is no boldness only in christ and remaining in christ how Through faith in him. Please read that whole thing through.
1: In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him.
0: Our faith in him. Okay, that's that's why scripture says, the righteous are bold as a lion. We know whose we are. And therefore we have that boldness. But please, let me tell you, this has to be genuine knowledge. Okay? Genuine knowledge. That's why God says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And Peter will say his final lines to us, grow in grace and the, the knowledge. knowledge of God. We have to, our, our boldness come, should come from knowledge. Many of us, we do not have the required boldness, though we have been saved for many, many years, because we do not have knowledge of God. Let's look. All believers will fall. Will fall. The old man is still there. May fall lesser and lesser and lesser, but will fall. But where does your boldness come from? Proverbs twenty-four sixteen. Proverbs 24 and verse 16. <clears throat> what does it say? Yeah. Yeah.
1: For the righteous fall seven times and rises again. Ah. The stumble in
0: the times of calamity. Even if he falls, that is perfect fall, seven times. But he will rise again. Where does your confidence come from? Your confidence comes from that even when I fall, my God is for me. He is for me. And he will lift me up. He will not leave me. He will lift me up because he has already seen me in Christ. That's how where our boldness comes from. Okay, where our boldness come from. While the wicked perishes in their calamity. And they they just go into depression and drugs and alcohol and suicide. They just go down the route. They are not able to come down up because they don't have knowledge of God. They don't have the knowledge of God. Remember, all this boldness is only connected with God. And to be connected with God, that boldness according to different, different situations for that boldness to come, it is according to the knowledge of God. So we saw one. Let's look at another one. We may have lots and lots of troubles. I think it's Psalm 34 and verse 19. Yes. 34 verse 19. Psalm. A righteous man may have Many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them. All. That's how you have boldness in the midst of your troubles. It doesn't say that Lord delivers him from some. It says from all. Okay. You see, you cannot have faith in your works. Okay. I'm in trouble. I'm going to do all this and come out and be bold. You can either trust God, or you can trust your works. You cannot have both. Here scripture is talking about how does the boldness the righteous are bold like a lion how why are they why are they bold even if he falls seven, seven times where does his boldness come from because scripture says I will lift you up. Even if he has troubles and trouble after trouble scripture says I will deliver you from all. That is where this is a boldness that comes by faith. Read Hebrews 4:16 carefully now. Hebrews 4.16, carefully. Yes. Oh, everybody is taking so much time to find their Bibles. Therefore, let us approach with confidence, that is, boldly. Come boldly, confidently to the throne room of grace and receive what? Wait, that's all. We don't go into grace now. Receive what? Mercy is for what? Mercy is for what? For our, fall, for, our sin. for our sin. And what is God telling us? What is God telling come us? Boldly. He says come boldly for, I know you have fallen, come boldly. Don't be afraid, you are my son. You are my son, you are my, you are my daughter, you are my child. Don't let the devil fool you. You do not have to be afraid, I already knew you are going to fall. I knew it. Now come boldly for mercy. Don't let Fear stop you from coming to me. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't get fooled by fear. Come boldly for mercy. You know, that's why God loved David. He said, that's a man after my own heart. He has fallen more than all the others put together. But he was bold. I mean, think about 16 months of absolute, total darkness. Everything is burned. Everything is lost. Everybody's hand is against you. And he still goes to God. Where does the boldness come from? These are old covenant people who understood the new covenant God. They understood him. It is from him we have learned about the mercies of God. He was very bold. He was a bold man. He boldly approached the throne room of God for mercy. And a lot of believers, as soon as they fall, they sit and think, no. And when I am good, I will go back. They don't even come to church. As if God saved them when they were good. How the devil traps you from going back to God. Because when we read 4.16, lots of people connected with grace without realizing it's first talking about mercy. That to receive mercy, God says, come boldly. Come boldly. What? To receive mercy. And where does our boldness come? Where does our boldness come? Our boldness. See, this all has to come from scripture. Because it's all by faith. Scripture says, He is light. And if we are in the light, and if we walk in the light, what what does the blood of Jesus do? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all. And if we confess, He is faithful and just and 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 forgive. That's where our boldness comes from. Are you getting it? Where our boldness comes from? So when, when, like, you know, we who grew up in the Catholic Church before we got saved, I mean, I was protected from a lot of things by God, by first communion. I was protected from all the things God protected me. I was the only child who never partook of anything in the church. But I knew if you went, like my sisters and all, when they went for confession, they were told to light 21 candles, you know, all that would say novena, all kind and you feel good. Okay. I have earned my forgiveness, but you're not bold. Okay. Here, where does our boldness come from? Our boldness comes from God. Look at um, uh, Hebrews ten and verse nineteen. Here we looked at one John where it says, uh, "The blood of Jesus cleanses. If we confess He is faithful, He cleanses us, forgives us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all iniquity." And Hebrews four nineteen, no, sorry, ten nineteen. Therefore, yeah.
1: Therefore,
0: brothers, since we have boldness. We have boldness. To enter the holy place, the blood blood, that's what gives us the boldness. Did you see where the blood, boldness comes from? It comes from the blood of Jesus. You know, if it comes from your and my blood,
1: <laughs>
0: then no, 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 if it comes from our own works, what if you go to one priest and he says 21 candles, the next time you go he says 22. Now you're wondering, last time I gave 20, was it forgiven or not? (laughs) You see, our boldness comes because of the blood of Jesus. And we are encouraged to come to the Holy of Holies. That's the throne room of grace. Everywhere, what does God say? What does he say? You can be bold. We can be bold for mercy. Because if we are not bold for mercy, what we miss out is grace. The power we need in our daily lives. He says, because a lot of people have been fooled by the devil. Believers, I'm talking not about unbelievers. The righteous, the believers who are in Christ. When they fall, they don't go. They are in their sin and in their misery for days together. And that's where you learn from David. You learn from people in the kingdom of God how they had that Boldness. The church was not, if you look in the book of Pentecost, they were incredibly bold. They were not cowed down by threats. You look in Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. After the apostles have been arrested, flogged, released. And if you come to Acts chapter 4 and and verse 29.
1: And now Lord, Mm -hmm. look upon their threats and grant your servants... You continue to speak your word with all boldness.
0: With all boldness. Yeah. You know what are they saying? They are asking for more boldness, Lord. These many days we preach without getting beaten. Now we got beaten. Now we need more boldness so that we preach even more powerfully. We would say, Lord, please send us police protection, please. That's all they're saying. Give us boldness, more boldness. And verse thirty-one. Yeah.
1: And when they. And when they had prayed, Mm -hmm. the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the
0: word of God with boldness. Ah, With boldness. God answered their prayer. He filled them with the Holy Spirit, and then He gave them extra measure of boldness. You know why? Because the righteous As 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 bold as a lion. Okay, that's what God is talking about. This is a natural response of sons and daughters of God who experience the first freedom in their life. What is the first freedom? Freedom from fear. They are bold. In Acts chapter 9, verse 27. And verse 27. Loudly, Peter. How can you preach? But what, yes. Mm -hmm. He declared unto them how the Lord, how he had seen the Lord in
1: the way, Mm -hmm. and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached
0: boldly. How he had preached boldly. Barnabas is giving Paul's testimony. The persecutor of Christians is now preaching Christ, and how did he preach? Not fearfully, boldly, boldly. And the next one, that is uh, verse twenty-nine. Yes. Saul stayed with uh, Adiyah. Okay. He stayed there and moved about freely speaking boldly in the the name of Jesus. Okay. So you will see this was and Acts chapter 13, if you go and verse 46.
1: And Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly.
0: Spoke boldly. So you will see it was not with just one apostle or one person. This was with all of them. All of them were bold preachers. Because you need to have boldness. Boldness comes from knowing who you are. Who you are. That's where the boldness comes. That's what God says. If God is for you, who can be? Against you. You can't be a fearful preacher. If you're a fearful preacher, that means either you don't know your God or you don't know your subject. So, let's get into the practical. How does this boldness come? Daniel said something interesting. Those who know their Lord will do mighty exploits, right? The way boldness comes and grows is by knowing God intimately. Okay? First, you have to accept this fact in your heart. You don't have to understand the whole word, but this is the word of God. It's a revelation of God. This is where I find Him and I know Him. And He is revealed through Jesus Christ. And that God never changes. In Joshua chapter 1, if you turn to verse 8 and 9, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, this book of the law, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth, yes, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Yeah. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. If you, yeah, we'll read verse 7 also. Uh, only be strong and very courageous. Yeah, basically meaning be bold. So hmm. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. If you look at it, three things are actually mentioned there. One is, meditate upon my word. Second is, Obey my word. Third is, speak my word. And be bold. Meditate upon my word, day and night. Obey my word. And speak my word. Don't forget who you are. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You study my word. You meditate upon my word. Let your thinking absolutely be reprogrammed. Romans 12 called renewal of the mind. Reprogrammed according to the word of God. And obey it. Meditate, obey, speak. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13 now. Okay, You got the three words, right? Meditate, obey, obey speak. and speak. Verse 13. Chapter 13, no. Verse 5 and 6. Keep your life Said, keep your life free from the love of, love of money or for covetousness, KJV and KJV will say covetousness, be content with what you have, for he, he had said I will never leave I you, never leave you forsake, forsake you so we, can say, so we can boldly say the Lord is my helper, Bo- is my helper. I will not fear what
1: can man do to me
0: ah. okay. first thing is asking us to do something, Okay. keep your life free from Covetousness. Okay? Covetousness is wanting something that belongs to somebody. No? Okay? Says, Keep your life free from covetousness. Be content. All you need in this life, God will give you. Whatever you need, He will give you. And then I haven't seen or ears heard what God is preparing. Okay? So don't worry about that. That's where the real thing is. You don't worry about here. Keep your f- lives free. Something which you are called to meditate. And then scripture says, He has said, What has he said? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He has said. Listen carefully now. God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, boldly we say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Just two parts. What God has said, and what I have said. That is how boldness comes. Something I am asked to do. Keep your life free of all these things. He has said, I have said. According to what he has said. Remember what he told Joshua? Meditate upon my word day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth. This is what Jesus meant by man shall not live by bread alone. He shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of of God. Our first job is to meditate upon the word of God. Constantly. Daily. We are not doing Bible studies. We are getting in the mind of Christ in. We are reprogramming our mind with the mind of Christ. Because scripture says seed form we have the mind of Christ. Now it has to be filled with the word of God. And Job 23 and verse 12. Quickly. Somebody can pick Jeremiah one twelve. Somebody can pick Ezekiel 12. 20, twelve. Yeah. I have not departed
1: from the commandment
0: of his lips. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I
1: have treasured the words of his mouth.
0: I have treasured the words of his mouth
1: more than my portion
0: of food. More than the That's why he asked all these questions. See, his issue was not the troubles that came upon him. He wanted to know why. Why? Why has these troubles come upon me? Because I treasured your word. I obeyed your word. I have not departed from your word. So I just want an answer why it has come into my life. So scripture says, I treasured your word. I have not departed from your word. I have treasured your word. This is the oldest book in the Bible. Job saying. And in Jeremiah 1.12, and I will say, I watch over my word. God watches over his word. He watches over his word to perform. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, he had said, Therefore boldly I will say. And Ezekiel 12 and verse 25. Anybody who found second? For I am the Lord, I speak and the word, I speak I speak and the word that I speak will come, will come to pass. I am the Lord, the word that I speak will come to pass. And verse 28. Therefore, say to them, so say to them, Thus says the Lord, Thus says the Lord None of my words will be postponed. So everywhere when God sends people, He says, this is what I say. Say that to them. And we are called to meditate upon the Word of God. Unlike any generation in human history, we are one generation who has been given access to the Word of God through all media possible. Which nobody had. Even the apostles, I don't think, had a copy of the Bible with them. They didn't. Even lying in Paul, in prison, Paul is asking for his parchments to be brought. We have been given access, the most blessed generation in terms of they can define their eternity because the word has been given to them. Okay? Therefore, the most judged generation also will be to whom much is given, much will be required. Okay, in Isaiah 55, 11, we all know, my word will not go void, it will achieve the purpose. So, God watches over his word. And this is exactly what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, just after Hebrews. James, Peter, Second Peter, right?
1: His divine power, His divine
0: power has given us all things. All all things, things that
1: to life and
0: godliness. Whatever we need for this life and godliness, whatever which we will get in eternity is connected with godliness. Godliness. So whatever we need for life now and godliness, His eternal power has already given us. But how do we get it? Through the knowledge of him,
1: was us to his own glory and excellence.
0: we have to have the knowledge of him. That is why we gather, so we know our God more and more and more and more. And then
1: by which he granted to us his precious and very great promises,
0: he has given us precious and very great promises. So
1: that through them. Through them of, the
0: of his divine nature. Now you realize hold it over there for a second. He says he has given us incredible promises. The Bible is full of promises. So the writer of Hebrews which is writing in a very terrible time when people are being arrested and executed the property is all being taken away suddenly comes to a promise and says he has said I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's holding on to a great and a precious promise and it really looks in the eye of the Roman Empire and says what can you do to me? What can you do to me? This is the reason why we meditate upon the word. Because according to the word, the Holy Spirit will bring to us what we are supposed to say. The Holy Spirit cannot bring into our remembrance stuff which we do not know. That's why Jesus said, you leave it to the spirit. Your job is to meditate upon the word of God. You don't have to worry about these things. Because I have said, and therefore we have the boldness to say. He had said, therefore we have the boldness Boldness. to say. He has said therefore. That's the freedom. The first freedom. Freedom from fear. What is that? If God is for us, us, can can be against us. In 1 John, I think 4 or 5, 16 script, he says, he who has the son has life. He has life. And Jesus said, I have come to give you life. Let's look at a few examples before we stop. Psalm 145 verse 18. Psalm
1: 145
0: and verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. Do you get that? What does it say? The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in? So, if truth has defined your life, and you call upon Him, this is how you say, He hath said, He is near to all who call upon Him, and I have called upon Him in truth, therefore He is near me, and I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. That's how you use scripture. That's how your boldness comes. He had said, therefore I say. He had said, Therefore I say, he has asked me to do something. I have done all the truth he has asked me. I have gone, searched, repented, aligned my life with his truth. And he has said, therefore I say. You know why God says his people are perishing? Because he said for my people not to perish and to be bold in a fearful world. You need to know me. You need to know where your righteousness comes from. You need to walk in your righteousness. You need to grow in your righteousness. And you have, I have exalted my word above all my name. He asks you and me, have you exalted my word above all my name? That's a question. Let's look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 and 10. There, uh, 8 and verse uh, 10, 10 also.
1: Same. What does it say?
0: The word is near you. The word is very near you. In your mouth, in your mouth, and in your
1: heart. heart. That is the word of faith
0: that, that we proclaim. That we proclaim. It's so close. You are in a situation, and you want to be delivered out of the fear of that situation. Not so much of that situation. I told you, the fear of death is worse than death. The fear of something is worse than. Actually, you know, when people go for surgery, you know, the fear of surgery is more than surgery itself. Actually, surgery, one prick after that, you know, nothing. But before that, you are confessing all your sins, making it all clear, Lord, will I come out of it alive? You know the fear people go through? My wife is laughing. <laughs> you know what people go through? The fear is worse than the situation itself know, Fear. It's no. You ask all those who got married, no? Oh butterflies, will I be able to walk down the aisle? Will I drop my veil? Will I draw oh, the fear, fear, fear? When oh, the wedding is over, it has absolutely nothing. No. The fear that's exactly what this is the word that we proclaim. The word is very near you. It is in your heart, it is in your mouth. Both. If you meditate upon my word day and night, it is deposited into your heart, your deeper core being. That's how you are framed. That's how you think. And then it comes out of your mouth. It's ours. Joshua has not meditated upon on what God has said for too long. He did not meditate upon it too long. God said, this is it, this is it, this is it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. So when the first defeat took place in the city of Ai, he went and fell upon God's face before God on his face. And he cried, why did you bring us here? Would have better for us to die? God said, shut up. What are you talking about? Nonsense. I brought you here to destroy you? And often our confessions have got nothing to do with God's word, which is reality. Nothing. No, we react. And that's what the devil does. The devil is a deceiver. He creates circumstances so that we will change our confession. And he knows God's nature that everything was created by the power of his word. And he knows words have power. And that man will live or die by his word. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what he will do is that first he will not allow you to meditate upon the word of God. And you will see everybody struggles with the word. You don't struggle with any any other book. You struggle with one book. That is the only book that can give you life. You know why? Because the devil knows there is life in it. Second, even if you read it and study it and memorize a few scriptures, he will change your confession. (laughs) He will change. He will create a situation so scary that you change your confession. Verse 10 also you please read. Uh, Romans 10. Hmm? with our heart one believes unto righteousness the righteous are bold as a lion unto our heart we believe unto righteousness and with our mouth confession is made ah okay so you have to make that confession constantly you know if god is for me who can be against me he has seen He has said, "I am more than a conqueror." Okay, you look at the reality of what. Look at Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. No, no. uh, Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. Thanks be to God. God. He who always leads 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 us. In triumph. Okay, that, that's what God has said, okay? He says, He doesn't say I will lead you. He says He leads us. Always in what? Triumph. Thou hast said, You lead me always in triumph. Therefore, I say I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Okay. Thou hast said, therefore I say. And always look at the part which we have to obey. Always don't skirt over it. Okay? That obedience is crucial okay that part you do and then look at what he has said and then look at what you say that's how it works that's how it works in scripture okay first peter chapter 5 verse 7 chapter 5 yeah cast all your care for you for him because he because he cares for me i am carefree I'm not careless <laughs> these are two different things, okay? I'm without care because he cares for me. Now you see what happens, okay I was telling the pastors on yesterday yesterday uh, Monday, you know in the new co- old covenant David says, the Lord is my shepherd, which means therefore I shall not. Oh, that's what who says David says he's an old covenant saint. what does the new covenant saint say The Lord is my, Lord is my father' I shall not want. The Lord is my father and I shall not want. I will not go through lack in my life unless this God has got some purpose behind it. I shall not. I am not talking He will meet all your wants. I am not talking about that. But all, you will not go through lack. You will not go through lack. Why? Because he is my father. That's what Jesus was saying. You fathers being evil knows how to give good things. If a son asks for an egg, will you give him a stone? As for a fish, will he give me a supper? He says, you guys who are evil are good. And what about me who is always good? The question is, God says, do you believe? Do you believe? That is where our boldness comes from. Our boldness comes from because, you know what? We know who we are in Christ Jesus. And it is only based on righteousness. Righteousness. Let's look one more. John chapter 6 verse 37. 6. All that the Father gives will come to me. By no means? What do you say? Lord, I have come with all my sins. With all my burdens, all my doubts, all my failures, and you have said, if I come to you, you will not cast me out. That's where your boldness comes. That's where your boldness comes. You no. Know? That's that's you have to look at what you have to do. That obedience part, I'm not taking it out. But I'm talking about the other side. What has God said and what do I say? What has God said and what do I say? Because these are all connected in the kingdom of God. You know, when you are sick. You have to do what you have to do. Okay? When you are, I mean, the obedience of eating, drinking, all that stuff. Okay? You do what, you have to do what, and after that, what has he said? I ask people, do you even know what God has said about sickness? Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he actually says, I will not bring the diseases I put upon Egypt upon you. I will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness from your midst. I am the Lord who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your sicknesses. He says in Psalm 107 verse 20, I sent forth my word and healed your diseases. And Proverbs 4, this word is health for the whole man's body. Why do you have to walk sick is my question. Unless God has a purpose in it. Certain sickness he said that's for God's glory. But I, I don't accept that healing has stopped. I accept that. There's nothing Nothing has stopped. Everything God did in the past He will still does, and He will still do. But we need to know our promises. We need to know what He has said. And therefore our, our life and our belief and our confession has to align with it and keep on doing it. Like one of my healings, it took me two years to confess before it just went. Without medicines. It just went. One day I woke up and it's gone. It's never come back. It troubled me for years and years and years. Like Indian medication wasn't working at all. I was getting medication from Europe and America to deal with it, and I thought Indian medicines were strong. No? But it just went and never came back. But every day I said, I believe what it is written. I believe what it is written. I believe if you have, if you're getting some glory out of it, then it is fine. Okay? Did God tell you three times? No. Don't ask me again. He didn't tell any one of us. Okay? Don't be a Paul when you are not. <laughs> No, it what does it stop you from asking for and confessing? Lord, I believe your word. I believe. I believe. What is it stopping you from confessing? No, I, I am old. I was young. Now I am old. I have never seen the... See, the problem is immediately, but I am not righteous. Who told you you are not righteous? Are you in Christ? Yes, in the book of Romans, Paul will say there is none righteous and he's talking about people outside Christ. But once you are, there is one who is righteous. Who is that? Jesus Christ. And every believer is hidden in him. Therefore, looking by faith at the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you say, I was young, now I am old, and I never seen the righteous beg bread. They lend freely. They lend freely. Why do you think God says it's more blessed to give than to receive? Why? No, that's what I was telling the pastors yesterday. Therefore yesterday I was telling them that that's a second, no? Freedom from lack. Why? No. It is not that I have enough. I'm not blessed. No? I have to be able to give. I have to be able to give. That's what a believer is. I was asking them a question. Imagine, I asked them, let's imagine Pastor Vijay and Mukesh Ambani are both part of the same church. And Pastor Vijay puts 5,000 in the offering. Ambani puts 5,000. Who is rich? Sure. He can live in a 35-story bungalow, but he's rich. The kingdom of God, your richness is connected with your giving. It's not without you have. It's what you give. And God's people are givers. Why? Because they know who their father is. Their father owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the gold and the silver. They're never afraid of lack. Therefore, they're able. Because why do people not give their lives? Because they're very afraid. How come most of you haven't surrendered your life still today? Because you are afraid that God is not good. It's fear that keeps you. We will talk about Paul 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 here. I, I have run my race, I have finished my course, I have fought the good fight, I have kept my faith, I see the crown. Before that he says my entire life was poured out as an offering. I was not afraid to give it to him because I know in whom I have believed and I know into whose hands I have committed and he will keep it until that day. It's fear that cripples. Like Cyril has been preaching the past couple of years. You think God is a pleasure killer. He's not. If anybody knows how to give pleasure, it is God. And therefore people don't surrender because of fear. Fear cripples you. And most people in the church around the world is not used by God. Because the devil has crippled them. Absolutely crippled them. You know, Because who is used by God? Anybody who has to be used by God has to be a giver. Then I'm not talking in terms of money. I'm talking in terms of life. Abraham, yes. Back up, leave. What what are you asking? I'm asking your life. And if I give my life, all nations shall be blessed because of you. All nations. Not one or two, all nations. What do I require from you? Give your life to me and I will make your blessing to all nations. That's the Abrahamic promise for every seed of Abraham. And you have to break this 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 fear that grips your heart. And get into this. Get into this. There is no other way. You have to get into this. This block has to be removed from your minds. I'm going to listen. I'm going to read. I'm going to meditate. And I'm going to change my thinking pattern according to this. And I'm going to change my confession also according. That's all he told Joshua. Joshua, be bold. Okay, don't be afraid. Be bold. Do one thing. Don't turn to the left. Obey my word. Meditate upon my word. Speak my word. Nobody will be able to withstand you. You can be fearless. You are a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. The promised land is just before you. I give it to you. Go take it. That's how it works. That's how it works. Because like I said, dark clouds are gathering around the world and the nations. And this is the time the bold ones will arise. That's why God even sent his own son when the world was in its darkest, most cruel hour. Young man comes and started speaking. Boldly, What did he speak? Repent. The kingdom of God is here. One line message. It's here. And I'm not afraid. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, this evening we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you. We just praise you, Father. Because of what you have done for us in Christ Jesus. And I pray today, Father, that a spirit of fear, intimidation will be broken in the lives of children. That even when they fall, they will go boldly to the throne room and receive mercy. They will not fear. They will run to their father and be set free. Set free father. Set free. Let each one know that God is for them. And if God is for us who can be against us? Who can be against us oh Lord. I pray that grip of fear over young and old will be broken. Will be broken. They will not fear. They will not fear. Because our righteousness was never anyway from our works. It was from you. And the righteous, your words is, are bold like the lion. They are bold, Lord. Because in this age and this hour, what you look for is bold men and women who are bold in Christ. And our boldness is of you and you alone by faith. Baptize us also, Lord, like the early church once again with the Holy Spirit and boldness that we will not fear. And we will testify of you and witness of you every place, every opportunity you give us, Lord, because we do not fear. For you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You brought us here safely. And as we go back, Lord, I pray, reach each one home safely, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.